Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from New York City, Joey No Chill Prano. Good morning, Andrew. I had to the catch super my- early morning dirty sports. Yeah. I'm not a morning person. I didn't catch your what? What didn't I catch? I was I was about to say California. Oh, caught- you, you almost caught your you you almost slipped up? Yeah, I caught myself that you're in New York. I am New York City, New York. Here we are. We out here. You did live comedy last night in New York. How was it? I did. It was uh, great to be back in a comedy club inside. It was great to see the good folks at the stand. Always been super supportive of my career. Love those folks there. Um, it was it was fun. It was a you know a lightly attended show, but like. That's what they want, you know, so super spread out in the room. Like I think a room that holds probably close to 200 people. Normally they, they probably had it scattered. I mean, every seat wasn't full, but if every seat was full, I think it would have been 50 people or something like that. I mean, you really, there's, it's like, it was almost like doing a show in a room set up for like, the SATs or something like that. Like the desks are really far apart. So no one can cheat on each other. Um, it was, it was weird, but it was great. By the way, they don't set the desk that far apart. I, during the SATs, I took the SAT a couple years ago. Remember she didn't No, I didn't cheat. Cause I got like a nine right. 30 or something. So I, uh, I wish I cheated, but well, that, but that, was like, the, that was the best example I could come up with. Yeah, it was, a, a, it was a very well scattered room, and uh, but it was it was fun. It was. I wonder, I wonder it was great long, to be in a comedy club again. I wonder how long they're going to do that. Well, here it's weird in New York. So I got here and the first night got in late, like landed at ten o'clock. By the time I get into the city, it's like probably eleven eleven fifteen. And I was like, well, the good news is, unlike when I get to so many towns over the years for comedy, you get into, you know, you go to do comedy somewhere and you get into X town USA at 1115, your options are dominoes or kill yourself. So I was like, let's go. We can go out to a bar. We'll get a burger. New York is on its own, you know schedule these days 11 p.m bar curfews and i was just like i was just dumbfounded it felt so un new york it's like for things to be open but then to not be open but see that's that's another dumb stupid law or stupid rule yeah i understand the reasoning behind all the rules we have had through this whole thing i don't but but not all (laughs) not all of them make sense but that's i understand i understand the reasoning the reasoning being like oh you can, you know, go to bars and 
hey, let's do this when we get there. Let's social distance. Let's keep our masks on until we eat. And the, the thought, again, this is the reasoning, is like, well, if it's after 11, people more likely to get drunk, to be drunk, to get a little loosey-goosey with the rules and et cetera. So I guess, I mean, that, that would be my point. Like, hey, if you're going to stay open, I don't know. It's just at at a certain point we're gonna to have to relinquish control because there's a, there's a there's a there's a huge control issue right with with a lot of these protocols and I'm and I, look and I'm not against most of them but at a certain point we we borderline on just absurd absurdity I should say I think on some of this it's too early for me to have this conversation I don't even know why I'm attempting. To have it, we decided to do the dirty sports at 8 a.m. because I'm trying to get to the Mets game today. If it's not rained out, looks like it's going to be rained out, which is unfortunate. I I planned specifically for a day Jackie Robinson day game while I was here. It's the last game the Mets are in town while I'm here. So, did I plan an entire trip around a Mets game that's probably going to be canceled? Yes, I did. But, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll see my family. Well, they're canceled, just like uh, canceled. Bernie Madoff is officially canceled. Oh, who, wow. Who Who is intertwined with your New York Mets. This is true. Not anymore. He's not, but he was. No, he was. <laughs> he's not anymore because he's dead and the Wilpon ownership is dead. So we've put that to bed once and for all. How much put money down for the big dirt nap? How much money did he rip off the Wilpons? So that's. I feel like we've done this a number of times on the show. So that's kind of the rub with Wilpon and the Madoffs. They made money. <laughs> oh, I didn't know so that. For you, so for you to have a Ponzi scheme, first you got to show like some people are making returns. And it's like, look, the Wilpons got in. They gave up, gave me this money. I gave them back double. And people are like, I want double. And he's like, give me your money. And then the next 8,000 people that gave him his money didn't get anything back. So that was kind of the thing with the Wilpons was they were entangled in the Madoff scheme. They made money and they still cried poor. We can't pay our players and whatever. And then they got, you know, sued and a number of people who had uh, lost money to Madoff, you know, got entangled in lawsuits with them, I believe, for like basically being part of the pyramid scheme. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, is like I was reading. I actually haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the stuff on it. Like I, I know they did the HBO movie. I remember I started it one Which day. Was really good. Yeah, I, I, I fell asleep, and then I think there was something else. But I, I, I read the full obituary on it. But it's just the whole thing is just wild. You, you talk about when I see when I see when you read about that stuff. It makes me think how inept are the, these regulation as far as like the sec or anybody who's supposed to be moderating this shit. And then, and then it, and it spurred me to think if I, tw- if I tweeted, give me 10 examples of why I should trust the government or federal authorities. I, you, do you think people could give me 10 examples? Mm, probably not correct ones. But like, that's crazy for me to think. Like you, you, you should, I mean, now that you're down 
checking things out. You should watch the movie, the HBO movie, because there's actually a really great scene with his son and the SEC um, where they're like up his ass. You know, once obviously they get exposed for blowing the whole fucking thing and how do they not know they, they try to, you know, they try to pin it on somebody. So they go after one of his kids and they're like, so you're saying you didn't fucking know about this. And he's like, it's your job to know about this. And you didn't know about this. How am I supposed to know about this when your whole office is about knowing about this and you guys didn't, but I'm supposed to fucking know. Yeah. So it's a great team that, that didn't do it justice. That's Joe Prano's. That's the Joe Prano reenactment it's way better than that it's not just two joe pranos arguing with each other about sec violations kill yourself no you kill yourself i should do that tweet though because i like it's just you're like wait because i'm I'm reading again the article about everything not that obviously i knew about it but a little more in depth and i'm thinking like how does this how the fuck does this happen this is uh, this is unbelievable and uh a quick Mets slash money related story that I saw. I wanted to bring up real quick. Did you see that uh, Paula Duca has to pay half a million dollars? I did for defaming Joe West. The I I read the whole story about that. I like Paula Duca. He wasn't like the best Met ever, but he was a fine Met. Um, I think he's entertaining uh, as a post career guy you know he's real big into horse racing which is fun uh he's a big gambler great um but you know the the part of that story that is kind of hilarious is (laughs) it's a complete and total fabrication because yeah he, he they they investigate and they there was only one game that he umped during like Laduca's Mets career or something like that. And Billy Wagner didn't pitch. So yeah, let, let me explain this. This is kind of a wild story. I thought that flew under the radar this week. So former catcher, Paul Laduca was sued by baseball. Op, um, Joe West. First of all, Cowboy Joe West, as we call him. First of all, he wanted $11.9 million. Yeah. And I love what his attorney said. We were liberal in our ask. Well, clearly you end up getting of 11.9 million. You got half a million. Basically, LaDuca claimed on a podcast in 2019 that in the 2000s game, Billy Wagner struck out a player on three pitches and LaDuca asked Billy Wagner, what the fuck just happened? And Wagner responded, Joe loves antique cars. So every time he comes in town, excuse me whoa every time he comes in town i lend him my 57 chevy so he can drive it around so then he opens up the strike zone for me and like you said what's crazy is none of this ever happened yeah now there's probably some truth to this in some realm right the one thing that happens with baseball stories this is this is something that is very well known to have happened People just co-opt stories and then, you know, they tell it. So did that happen to, you know, Todd Pratt or whatever? And then Paul LaDuca made it his own story for some podcast. Maybe. 
but don't steal a story that couldn't have possibly happened to you because now you're going to get sued over it. And it's just, I mean, obviously the whole story in itself is, is pretty wild. There's probably, it's probably based in some sort of truth. He probably does love it. He probably, you know, somebody probably did lend him a car sometime. Did that lead him to opening up the strike zone? Who knows? But it obviously didn't happen to Paul LaDuca and Joe West and Billy Wagner. Did he get the ump wrong? Did he get what? I don't know. But- well, yeah, he never, I'm reading, according to court, <clears throat> he never, LaDuca never caught a game where Wagner threw three straight strikes ever. So like that first part of it. Which I could have told you just knowing Billy Wagner's career. And then he also said West had ejected him for eight or nine games. And that was also completely made up. Dude, you talk about running the wrong lie and losing half a million dollars. Like, yeah, that's. <clears throat> and Sorry. listen, I, you know, I, <clears throat> it's obviously a bullshit story. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad, even though I like Laduca, that like, listen, don't go tossing around bullshit stories. But at the same time, I wish a judge had been like, I award you. $200 because let's be honest, Joe West, you're still a shitty ump and I'm not, I'm not giving you a half a million dollars to defend your character as an ump when you're a shitty ump. Umps nowadays, they, they want to be like, they want to be part of the, the show. Oh, they've, I mean, and we've done this in a couple episodes in a row here, Joe West, Angel Hernandez, like these are the guys known for the ump show. But yeah. listen, the other, the other good thing is, if we're going to do this, if these umps are now going to like have court cases against people saying they're shitty umps, let's let's let them win the ones they should and lose the ones they should. It was great when a federal judge told Angel Hernandez he was incompetent. That that was like a, you know, it was like a warm hug from the justice system for baseball fans everywhere. You know, I'm all for automated umps. <clears throat> what am I battling this morning, man? Jeez, oh, sorry. My throat. Oh man! You need a cup of coffee, Andy. We got some. Get some fresh, bagged, instant coffee here with some coffee mite in it. No, I've been battling. I've been battling allergies and a cold for I don't know, like weeks now. Maybe I just had COVID, which 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 wouldn't uh, which wouldn't be good considering I just got a second vaccine this week. Yeah. Although I've heard, I've heard this happens. I've heard people have been getting the COVID. No, post vaccine. No, I, I don't. I don't have it. It's just. I, I just. Again, I think it's. Uh, it's just allergies. Weather keeps jacking me up. Um, but I posted this yesterday, which I thought was interesting. Pete Rose turned eighty, and the number to break his all-time hit record, somebody would need two hundred and thirteen hits. For 20 straight years. Yeah. Which obviously makes it a very tough to break record, specifically because that would be how it has to be done these days. Sure. You, you would need somebody to have 200 hits for 20 years because no one's going to get the 30 year. You know, how long did Pete Rose play? Pete like Rose was like 26, 20. 27 years. Yeah. No one's getting that these days. You know, Pete Rose, uh, toward the end, it was, you know, Pete Rose was the player manager, like, like he, you know, he played, he played certainly 
probably longer than he should have. And these days, baseball, all sports, you know, no one just keeps guys around for like the the fan favorite, the the you know co- player coach. So it would have to be uh, a player to do it to do something crazy like that. Is it an unbreakable record? Probably not, but it's also probably not getting broken. Or 250 hits for 17 straight seasons. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I would argue it is an unbreakable record. There's just, of all the records in sports, I don't think, I, I don't think this one will ever be broken. The, the, the thing that would make it like, maybe breakable a little bit is I'm not saying it's going to be broken, but I'm saying in terms of like the list of, you know, records that won't ever get broken, like, you know, it's not whatever Walter Johnson's wins thing is now, which would be, you know, again, with, with, with how long pitchers get to pitch and, and Tommy John and all that, like whatever. But I, I would say your best chance if somebody were to break this record would be to get, would be to have some kid who does, you know, the Bryce Harper thing, but on steroids. Some, you know, Dominican kid who's 15, who's just a man child and a great hitter comes into the league, you know what I mean? And starts playing super young. Like, I mean, you look at an Ichiro. If he, like, Ichiro is probably the best chance that there ever was, but. He didn't come to the big leagues until he was 27 or whatever it is. Yeah. So you would need essentially an Ichiro, but you need them to be 15 and get to the big leagues at 17. Well, well, well here's here's some stats that said it all. Like if you if you look at guys with 200 plus hits in a season, it it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Or it or it's rare is what I'm saying. It's it's just the 200 hits is how rare it is so i don't know like looking at that it just to me is such a such a wild stat and, and then i and then i went on a deep dive so him and Ichiro have the most to no surprise there have the most 200 hit seasons which are 10 yeah that so was the, the guy that was the guy but but think about that we're, we're talking about 200 hit seasons we're talking about 20 plus where the two top only did it t- only did it half that 10 right right so, so therefore there there is just no way I, i'm I, telling i'm telling you what the way is but i agree with you it's it's highly unlikely but essentially you'd need a guy we saw recently you'd need his you'd need the ichiro but you need him to be you need him to come to the big leagues early and not late but then still get to stick around because Ichiro got to play into his 40s. You know, you need a guy who comes in and starts getting 150 hits at 17, 18 years old, gets to play till he's 40. They got to bring back the player coach. I love how they used to do that in sports. They did that in baseball, basketball. They never did that in football. Yeah. Can you imagine the player coach for football? Like in the in the shoulder pads. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They did do it. It was Peyton Manning, but other guys got to get 
a couple million dollars to stand there while he did it. Gary Kubiak got a chip. Yeah. Think about that. I, I feel like that's one of the most forgotten parts of the entire Peyton Manning slash Broncos winning it. Gary Kubiak, who was kind of always floundering, in my opinion, in the playoff, he was for the Texans, got a Super Bowl because of Peyton Manning. Actually, it was mostly because of that defense that year. Yeah. But that's uh that's that's totally crazy to me. And, and speaking of retired guys, we gotta we gotta talk a little Julian Edelman. Yeah. What what, what are you? Why are you why are you going so hard at the guy when he retires, Prano? I wasn't going hard at him at all. I was just it was out there prior to me. I just went on Twitter one one day. Julian Edelman retires, and and I'm like, okay, Julian Edelman retired. Like also at first I was like, oh, he's not really retired. He's gonna do the. You know, this is his move to the Bucks, right? Sure. And then I open up Twitter, and we have, as I've called him, White Jeremy Macklin, sitting on a director's chair in the middle of Foxborough, with the Matrix camera doing a circle around him while he gives an "I have a dream" retirement speech, and then the entire fucking Twitterverse saying, "At just here's the thing, just asking the question." Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? And I was just like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> and, and and is Wes Welker just furious about it? Is Danny Amadil like what they were like, why didn't I get a parade? Well, there's a lot to break down. I was I was obviously looking at your Twitter and then I saw you and yeah, had an exchange, you and Maddie G. Because Maddie is the face of a lot of those guys, which is like triggered Pat's fanboys. It's like, dude, it's okay. Like Julian Edelman was great, no doubt about it. But like, this is what they, this is what they do, and this is what discredits all the other stuff. It's like, oh, you guys want to do the Tom Brady's a goat thing, the Gronk is a goat thing, the Belichick is a goat. So every you had all the like. Now I'm starting to wonder, did you guys not win enough Super Bowls if every position and member of your coaching staff was the goat but you only won that many julian edelman's a hall of famer he's 156 on the fucking yardage list yeah he's not a hall of famer but i think i think for me he's not even close to a hall of famer he won't he shouldn't even get out he shouldn't like if somebody vote gives him a single vote they should have their credentials removed and they should be executed well here's what's interesting about his career he doesn't have the stats but he's got the reg- he's got the postseason stats where he's second in yards and second in receptions all time. Yeah, because, because obviously they played in a ton of postseason games and they went far. Um, so he has that. He also has the Super Bowl MVP. I, I think, I think for his career, at least for me, what I find so endearing is just the story. I, I like guys who are like him. He came in as a quarterback you know kent state seventh round pick like to me that's that's the silver lining i take away is this guy had such a great career when he basically came to just make the team awesome no one's no one's shitting on that you know listen a a lot of teams have those guys and and good for them and like you should root for them and have a jersey and whatever, like Victor Cruz is an undrafted free agent 
He comes to the Giants. He makes multiple Pro Bowls. He has a great postseason with the Giants. He has a couple great postseasons with the Giants. He makes a Pro Bowl. But we're not doing a fucking Quentin Tarantino film when he retired. Yeah, but but again, I, th- I think with, with Edelman is that he did have some really huge catches in the playoffs. He, I mean, he's Super Bowl MVP. Like, Great. Like, I, I think some of these I'm, comparisons. I'm stoked for him. But I'm saying I think some of these comparisons aren't fair. Like, I don't think. Yeah, I agree because Victor Cruz made a single fucking Pro Bowl and Julian Edelman didn't make a Pro Bowl in his career. The comparison of white Jeremy Macklin is actually offensive to Jeremy Macklin, who was a better receiver than Julian Edelman. But again, I, I would disagree based on on know. what him playing in the postseason. This is what I've been saying to Massachusetts assholes. Bernie Williams ain't better than Ted Williams because he got to play in every fucking postseason. Bernie Williams is what? Number two all time on the hits list behind Derek Jeter. Surprise, surprise. Every fucking person on the all time postseason hits leaders are Yankees. They're not better hitters than Pete Rose because there's a wild card round and they make the playoffs every fucking year for a decade. Congratulations to Julian Edelman for being the guy on the Patriots who steps in and bees is the new West Welker and the new this and the new that, but like, let's keep it all in check. Great career. If he didn't have the postseason career, we wouldn't be talking about him at all, but we're, we can't like this discredits all the other conversations that we have about receivers, about Hall of Fame, about whatever. I mean, we're a year removed from is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? And we're talking about is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I never said he was a Hall of Famer. No, I'm saying the I'm saying asking the question is offensive to everybody in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and and honestly, I put out there he's the white Jeremy Macklin. It set people off. He's not the white Jeremy Macklin. He's worse than Jeremy Macklin. I wouldn't say it. I, I would, I would you, disagree be wrong. He, he, Jeremy Macklin has more yards and more touchdowns in less time in the NFL. Facts only. I, but I also think, you know, Edelman is, he is, he's not going to have the Gotti stats with what he played, you know, his role, his specific role in that slot position, he's not going to have, what slot guys do have gaudy stats would be my argument. Like, like those guys are the Larry Fitzgerald. Well, now he is. He's been a slot guy a lot of his career, too. I mean, he's an all like I'm not comparing him to Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. You named you named one guy. I mean, there's there's guys out there. Listen, my point is we're talking about we're doing it again. We're talking about the 156th all-time yardage receiver, the 258th all-time touchdowns catch guy. 258th. We're now, now every single person that's been on the Patriots because they got to play in a bunch of postseason games are like, we're, we're going to talk about them like they're in, in all-time conversations. It's so offensive to so many fucking receivers. Well, yeah, if you look at the numbers... If you look at guys who are on that cusp of Hall of Fame, I mean, it is. It's it's you know a guy who's been floating around, who's been debated forever. Just off the top of my head, like Tio didn't get in on his first ballot, yeah. and it, we're talking about is Julian Edelman? Does Julian Edelman belong? I mean, he gets crushed in numbers on you know the Tory Holtz of the world. The 
I don't know if he's eligible yet, but like a Reggie Wayne, these guys, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Dude, we're, what are we, do- this is what we're doing. We're talking about guys in the top 20 all time. And we're being like, he gets crushed by them. Yeah, no shit. Cause he's 156 and 258. He gets crushed by basically everybody that's ever played. But again, my takeaway would be, Hey, it, it's, it's, I think it's a great story. I could possibly ask, I could be possibly Eskimo brothers with him. And I, I think for me, that's my takeaway. I, I I try not to look into pro Boston sports fans on Twitter and just say, well, but it's also, it's, it's a whole other thing where it's the pro Boston sports fans, but then the way that we're doing it, like, you know, you, you look at the guys who have contributed to teams and what they've contributed and like Jordy Nelson doesn't just like, he's not sitting in the middle of Lambo with the fucking, you know, 4k camera looping around him like it would be the equivalent so so you didn't like and i'll be honest i didn't watch the video i saw it was a long video you didn't like the fanfare i don't like any of the fanfare like i'm okay Wes welker retired okay or yeah again Wes welker julian edelman whatever brandon stokely like it's cool brandon stokely you were a great player i'm not taking that away from you but like just the conversation dismisses. I mean, we're talking about Reggie Waynes and guys who are in the top 20 of all time. You're dismissing the middle group of people. We're acting like it didn't fucking happen. And we're jumping all the way down to Julian Edelman. You know, I saw a Broncos. Tweet. Every fan, every team did their tweet. I saw a Broncos tweet about Rod Smith, whose numbers piss on Julian Edelman. And people are like, oh, oh, we weren't doing this for Rod Smith. Oh, we weren't doing this for X receiver. We weren't doing this for X receiver. I mean, we talk, we've talked about, you know, Odell Beckham on this show. Is he good? For, Odell Beckham has more career hours than Julian Edelman right now. If Odell Beckham dies today, he will finish with more career everythings than Julian Edelman. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, look, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but I think that's the age we live in, right? With social media, like, like, like someone when I was looking into a lot of these guys, a guy that I found interesting, maybe and he was a, was Heinz Ward a slot guy? Yeah. And, and like, I mean, listen, guys move around a ton, but like, I, but, I think, but, but, that, I think the that's conversation about slot is also just: Are we talking about possession receiver, or are we talking about big play receiver? But as that's another to slot as a an outside guy. My my point is, Heinz Ward was an interesting one who, in my opinion, has gotten lost in the mix, and he's another one who also crushes Edelman's numbers, and he has a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, and I thought I thought like, wow, that is kind of interesting. Of when when. I just think we're so in the moment with social media that these conversations start. And then you start looking at Heinz Ward's numbers and also the Pro Bowls and the All Pros, which Edelman has none of. None. And you're like, and you're like wow, like, like we really can't have this conversation. You know, it's funny because Maddie jumped in. You know, I remember Maddie coming to me years ago because I told the story about how I didn't fucking 
get any playing time on my basketball team. And then when I got in, he was like, you're basically the fucking special needs kid who got in at the end of the game and blah, blah, blah. You guys just did that. You just had a fucking show. Like he was in seventh rounder. And he's leaving to play quarterback. Let's give him perks for being the 156th best receiver of all time because he did it while being short. Oh, he's a special needs kid that they do the fucking video for on sports center. They all let him stand around and get a fucking touchdown. And you're fucking, you're, you're, you guys are jacking off over each other. Great well, career. He's he's an awesome athlete, a fucking sick athlete. He has an all time. He has a he has a perfect passing statistics in the NFL because every time he threw a pass, it basically went for a touchdown. He's a sick athlete. I think Julian Edelman deserves all the credit in the world. But like when you do this, you are essentially doing the special needs kid. And there's a hundred and twenty receivers between him and the top 25 who get talked about all the time who are like, Heinz Ward's like, what the fuck is happening? If Julian Edelman gets like this retirement ceremony, do I, am I the mayor of Pittsburgh? But again, I, I think it's the age we live in, right? Like Heinz Ward was right before that as far. And, and Heinz Ward, obviously it, it is similar as far as great career with one team, one, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, Warren Ward has the accolades and the numbers to crush Edelman, but I, I think it's just the age we live in. Do I think that Julian? But it's Edelman- also the it's also just Patriots fans. Patriots fans are all over the place. That's why I said Patriots fans are a special kind of fucking dumb, where every single person that's ever retired is the goat at their position. Let's talk about him. They're the goat. They're the goat. This is the goat, the greatest goat. Everybody's goat. It's almost like you had a whole bunch of fucking great role players and a great coach, and none of them were the fucking goat. Well, I, I think obviously the Patriots are the they're the definition of team. Yeah. But the 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 video Julian Edelman doing a video like that is just playing into it. It's all playing into it. This is what we're doing is playing into it. It's like, it sickens me. Great career. Good. He retired. He retired too early. That sucks. Let's be like, let's, you know, let's put together a Twitter highlight reel of it. Put it up, you know, put fucking the song from Boondock Saints over it or whatever. And, you know, have ourselves a real good fucking Massachusetts jack off fest. But like, when the national media is talking about him as a hall of famer, just as a question, when we're, when we're sitting him down in Foxborough and fucking putting the matrix camera on him, I'm like, you know, like free Heinz Ward, like justice for Heinz and also justice for literally 100 other receivers. Yeah. Justice for fucking, you know, Amani Toomer. Justice for fucking Brandon Marshall. Obviously, the the allure is his story and also playing for the Patriots. That's that's what that's what all this boils down to is his story and how he came from 
Kent State seventh round pick. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. That's what it and, basically boils down to. And listen, Patriots fans, white people loving white people. I don't remember this for fucking Troy Brown. But 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 you get why white people love him, right? I get why Patriots white people love him. But but the even, reason fucking, you know, even somebody Larry like Bird is there is literally their Jesus and Bill Russell. They're like, yeah, he was here, too. No, but I mean, like even people like me are like, hey. That guy. Like I'm a short white dude. Obviously, I didn't have any athletic ability. I mean, we're talking about the guy who is a Super Bowl MVP, but I think people see that and they're like, that's cool. Right. Cool. Do it for I- Steve Smith. I love Steve Smith too. Yeah. Who's an undersized guy who takes literal dumps in his toilet right now that are better receivers. But my point is you you relate to somebody who looks like you, dude. Sure. Right. I don't look like Steve Smith. I look more like Julian Edelman. So, so I think that's, that's where that allure comes from for people as far as like the white wide receiver. And you get that. Yeah. And also, Patriots fans and Boston sports fans in general are historically the great, the great racists that walk planet earth. But to me, that's, that's, that, that's kind of, no, but, but that, that doesn't, that doesn't play like that has nothing to do to me. It's, it, it's just about, again, if you have a fan base that, is going to see themselves in a player that, that that's what it boils down to for Julian Edelman. Now, do I think but they, but none of them are Gronk, right? We don't, none of us Gronk see is ourselves, a freak. Gronk, Gronk is, a is, physical, is a freak is, is a physical, freak. but we, but, but Patriots fans did this two years ago when he retired, they're like, it's over. There goes the goat, the greatest that ever did it. The best tight end in history. And we had to come onto the show and debunk why he wasn't. Yeah. But here they are. No one fucking more. Rodney Harrison's like, remember when I fucking retired, guys? And they're like, shut the fuck up. Uh, Look, I'm not arguing with you on the Hall of Fame stuff or the award. Like, I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying I'm trying to show you why this is happening. And I'm showing you why it's happening on a whole other level. Some guys are just more likable. You know that. Right. Some players we just like a lot. Even though even though they might not have the greatest numbers. Like like Sean Casey. People in Cincinnati loved Sean Casey. Loved Sean Casey when he played for the Reds. Yeah. He was nicknamed the mayor. Right. And I'd, and I'd always say his numbers ain't that great. Like, right. like, oh, he's he's a cool, but people loved him. And it was, it was like my hometown version of that. I'd say, guys, cool. He first baseman about 300. I need some home runs. I need some RBIs. But people loved, oh, he's so cool. He's so, I'm like, you know, is he? I don't know. He's definitely not Hall of Fame. Maybe I'll watch the video, but probably not. I, I can't. But, I mean, the th- first minute is just him literally sitting in a chair as a, as a camera loops around him with all the audio of his like playoff moments in the background. It's just like, okay. I mean, also cool production and good, whatever, but like, you know, justice for TJ Hushmanzada. 
Oh, there's the Cincinnati favorite. Yeah. See, I can pull pull guys from here. Justice for Flipper Anderson. Ooh, a little deep Miami Dolphins dive. Yeah. It's a cool name, by the way, Flipper. Tim Brown's re- number isn't retired. Why is there a beef with the Raiders? They've already retired Julian Edelman's number in fucking Foxborough. Tim Brown, if, if if you if you let middle school Tim Brown on the Patriots, get better numbers than fucking Julian Edelman. Middle school Tim Brown. Justice for Tim Brown. Big on the justice. Yeah. Justice for the guys that are like, you know, glossed over historically while the world discusses Julian Edelman's career accomplishments. Well, we dude, I mean, look, look at again, we live in such a time with social media and PR. And if you have the right people behind you. Well, I think this should be, you know, let's I think we, you know, we present the. We present the counter to the social media thing. I think we should do a video series, much yeah. like, you know, NFL's top 100 players. Let's get Nick back on the thing. Just a a video series where we talk about the 150 better receivers in Julian Edelman in depth. Each week we, we talk about a new receiver. That's a lot of work. Highlights. Let's this, this could be a co-project with the NFL. I mean, um, this week in receivers better than Julian Edelman, we profile TJ Hushmanzada. Now you got me thinking about former Bengals. Like, is Carl Pickens yeah. up there? I don't know. Is he? You know who's right? You know whose numbers are right there? You know who's in the fucking Julian Edelman? Literally, like the wheelhouse area, right in his fucking statistical area. This week in receivers who deserve more credit than Julian Edelman, we've got born a hermaphrodite, goes on to great success in the booth, Chris Collinsworth. We're going to take a look at Chris Collinsworth's career. And he had Pro Bowls. Yeah. They're pretty similar, huh? You looked at that. You looked that up. Yeah, he's literally right there. He's like 159th on the all-time receiving list, or whatever it is. And he played in an era where they didn't fucking throw the balls much. I don't. I don't like the dig up front. Justice for Chris Collins. I don't like the dig up front on Chris. By the way, I, well, I didn't. I didn't do any. There was. I didn't do any dig in there. What dig did I do? Yeah, you did. It's all right. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Layoff, C-R-I-S. Oh, but he, oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other DSPN investigates where we'll dig up his birth certificate. We don't have to go that far. I live, I live close to him. I know. Get there. You, you know, nurses, don't you? Don't you have like families in like in the medical fields? I don't. DSPN but- investigates. We had somebody break into Cincinnati General. Cincinnati General. That's unbelievable. Do you, would you rather have? Oh, let me ask you this: Would you rather have Drew Brees or Chris Collinsworth? What in the booth? Because that's what they're moving towards. Is it between the two of those? Those are yes. the things. I mean, I, I'm not a big Chris Collinsworth fan, but like, fuck Drew Brees. 
Drew Brees isn't even like at least Collinsworth has like you know some years under his belt. It's like, is there anything interesting about Drew Brees? I'm like being totally serious. I'd rather no. have Wes Welker. <laughs> I'd rather have Julian Edelman. Like, give me those guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a fan either, as far as personality wise. I just, I just don't think. And who knows? Maybe we could be wrong. We've never seen him in the booth. Maybe, right. maybe he could be good. Listen, I do. The one thing I do enjoy, and here's why I would say, I guess, you know, because I'm not a Chris Collinsworth fan, I guess I would lean toward the devil I don't know. But I do like a lot, and I know we disagree on this. I do like a lot what Tony Romo brings to the booth in terms of these quarterbacks just know the game so well, and especially knowing the game, you know, at the modern era level of, you know, the knowledge that Drew Brees has of today's NFL being the quarterback on a team for 20 years. It, yeah. It just, it's, it's significantly greater than Chris Collinsworth's knowledge of the game. Drew Brees's knowledge of the game right now it, is it though? is it. Yeah. Well, hundred percent Drew Brees's knowledge of the game right now is, you know, top 10. Chris Collinsworth's knowledge of the game right now is, you know, Julian Edelman level. Like he's probably in like the one. I'm going to I'm gonna be a homer. I'm going to disagree. I just think, I just think you can't. That, that's know. all he does. That's all Collinsworth does. But I just don't think you're going to know like it under the hood as well. I mean, look at, listen, I think the proof is in Romo. I think Romo just like does an exceptionally better job than anybody on TV right now telling us what's going on in the field. I think. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, like to me, it's it's a lot of it's about being likable. I, Andy, I watch a lot of sports with music on, so I get it. But yeah, yeah, my, exactly. So, what are we talking about here? Well, first of all, you asked me my opinion, so that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> and second of all, I don't watch the game with music on when fucking Romo's doing it because it gives me nuggets that I think are valid. I watch a lot of the game with music on when our boy Chris Collins were a song. Cause I'm like, I don't need it. How dare you? One thing I know you don't do. I'm sorry. Listen, here's what we need to do. Chris Collinsworth. Let's let's temper the Chris Collinsworth broadcaster love and pump up the Chris Collinsworth receiver love. If we're doing the Julian Edelman thing, it's time to respect one of the greatest of all times and bring back the discussion. Is Chris Collinsworth a hall of famer? Saying Chris Collinsworth equals Julian Edelman. Oh yeah, that's a that's an. I'm going to do a deep dive on that. Now, Prano, when you're watching these games, listening to music, I also assume you always have a cold Miller Light sitting next to you during every sports event, every NFL game that you're watching. You know I do, Andy, and you know that my my dream today. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, God-fearing man, if you will, but I got on my hands and knees today before I did this episode, and I said, Lord, please let me be able to get out to City Field today and hold myself a crisp, cold Miller Lite as I watch the Mets celebrate Jackie Robinson today. I was like, let, just let me do it. I just want it. It's, it's what I want. I flew here for it. I flew here to hold a Miller Lite in City Field today. That is why I bought tickets to New York. 
That's what this whole thing is about. Me and a Miller at the ballpark. And honestly, I think that's what at once April 1st arrives until the world series champion is crowned. If you're a good American baseball fan, that should be what is driving your day to day, finding yourself in a ballpark with a Miller light. Well, funny you bring this up. I was text messaging with, uh, my former roommate, friend of the show, guy on couch, G-O-C. about visiting Milwaukee, the birthplace, the home of Miller Lite, and catching a Reds Brewers game. Well, I hope that you are able to accomplish that, and I hope GOC, I, I hope that you clip this portion of the show and send it to GOC and let GOC know that I would like to visit there with him in late September when the Mets, do I know offhand when the Mets are going to be in Milwaukee? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I know where they're, when they're going to be <laughs> everywhere this year, they're going to be in Milwaukee. I believe it's in the September 21st range. And I too would like to, to go on a pilgrimage with GOC to the land, to the birthplace of the greatest Pilsner of all time. The original light beer. That's right, guys. Miller light has Me, been a light you and, and GOC. Miller Lite has been a light beer with great taste since 1975. It's an easy choice. So next time you're getting beers with friends, make it Miller time. Luckily, you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer or go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay, Andy, you'll be you'll be in Los Angeles next week. I know it's crazy. You'll be staying in my guest room, aka the my podcast office, and you will be sleeping to the gentle hum of a Miller Lite refrigerator. Are you excited? I mean, Miller Lite is literally going to put you to sleep every night. Yeah, I need the, it. The gentle hum of a cooling, a cooling refrigerator. The the refrigerator is just over there in the corner while you sleep on. Just over here keeping these Miller lights cold. Which is good because I normally sleep with a sound machine, but that'll be my sound machine. That's perfect. I can't believe I'm going to be in LA next week. I know. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Shout out to CT. Got my uh, got my rental car all set up. Double shout out to CT. Got my rental car set up here tomorrow so I can uh, go go tool around the outer areas of New York. Go see some family. It's a Hall of Famer right there. I mean, he, he, he that's a legit Hall of Famer right Justice there. Justice for CT. That's a, that's a first ballot. <laughs> this, this, is, this is what I'm saying. The Julian Edelman thing discredits the CTs, the Mitches, the Benangis of the world. <laughs> this is like us being like, uh, while we're here, is Trevor a Hall of Famer? It's like, how dare you? <laughs> Oh, Trevor. I wonder what he's doing these days. I came across some spring training photos and I laughed. Yeah. Remember when he turned into the mouse from uh, Dumbo? When he, got, <laughs> when he got drunk in the hiccups? Yeah. <laughs> Called it 20s cartoon drunk. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. 
It was a good time. Great memories. Does it make him a Hall of Famer? <laughs> well, let's talk about somebody who is going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's do it. Kevin Durant. Kevin Joe, Durant's going to be a Hall of Famer. I just don't know. At this point, he was going back and forth with Shannon Sharp. I, I, I'm i going to say it right now on air. I think Kevin Durant, I think he he like needs psychiatric help. <laughs> Hot take Ruther here well, on I, Thursday morning. Like, I don't, but nobody's saying that. Like, nobody, at least I gotta, in the I got to give a shout out to the Real Fisherman group, what you call the Mean Girls chat. Because I mean, I did years ago. Yeah. Um, they, I, I believe it was Emiliano who put in there yesterday an incredible screenshot from Reddit. Reddit. Did he send it to you? Somebody DM'd it to me. Uh, like it's wild. Kev- Kevin Durant has more tweets than points in the NBA. That You're, is the that is one of the wildest cross genre stats I've ever heard. Yeah. So to repeat that, Kevin Durant has more tweets than points scored in the NBA. They're both in like the fourteen thousand range or something like that. No, they're. they're let's see here. It's. Uh, do I have it here? No, I'm, I'm logged into Dirty Sports. It's in my personal. Uh, it's like 22,000 or something. Okay. But regardless, again, you, you're, you're in the middle of the season. And this isn't, you know, I've said this about a lot of players. I remember saying the same thing when Baker Mayfield was going back and forth with Cowherd, which he's done multiple times, but in the middle of the NFL, I said the same thing. I said, Tom Brady's not fucking with this shit. Like I, I like I don't you're, you're in the middle of a season, you're in the middle of trying to get the number one seed and your concern is what Shannon Sharp said on a cable show that nobody even watches like numbers for that show are terrible. It's all YouTube views. Yeah. But why? Again, it begs the question why you need dude. I, do you want my shrinks number? Kevin Durant, you need to talk to somebody, man. You need a therapist. And, and why is no one ever in any of these organizations that he plays for sending in their therapist or their guys saying all I can think about is the the Jordan last dance thing. I, like I just I just see Kevin Durant being like, someone mentioned Kevin Durant's name once, and he's like, and I took that personally. <laughs> like the, Jordan was like driven by these like things. Kevin Durant, like, I guess, I guess the only counter argument would be like, Kevin Durant's really good. And like, is he using this stuff for fuel? And if he is great, but then like, shouldn't that be enough? Honestly, I I think besides, you know, there's not a whole lot of negative things that you can say about Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's game and, and Kevin Durant as an NBA player. Really all we have at this point is that, you know, he snaked out and went to that Warriors team and he's got to get off Twitter. But I think they're related too, right? Like, I, I mean, obviously he was tweeting and doing the whole social media thing before it, but it seems like, you know, the real issue happened with him. Well, here's what's crazy about the Kevin Durant story. Okay. Kevin Durant snakes out and goes to the Warriors, right? People start trashing Kevin Durant online. Kevin Durant opens up a dozen burner accounts to trash talk people. 
Kevin Durant gets exposed as being on the internet via burner accounts, talking shit to people in defense of himself. Instead of getting off of social media, he's like, fuck it. I'll just do it from my account then. You're like, dude, no, that wasn't what we were saying. We weren't saying the burners were the issue. We were saying that you responding to every troll on the internet was the issue. He's like, fuck it. I'll do it myself. You would have thought that lesson was like, yeah, I got to get off social media. Instead, his lesson was, I'll just do it from my actual account. Why? Is it like, I don't know. <laughs> it's insecurity, clearly. But again, that, that's a deep, it's a deep rooted psychological issue. Why are you insecure, man? Your game speaks for itself. Again, the thought of being so angry with Shannon Sharp, what he's saying to Skip Bayless, a fake show. It's a fake show. There's, there's nothing real. It's literally a character. Come on, Andy. Come on, Andy. You ain't going to come out here and tell me that. Kevin Durant. Come on, KD. Get off the Twitter, KD. You ain't Bron Bron. You ain't my Bronny Bron Bronson. You ain't ever gonna be up the goat there, up there with the goat, the Bronson. You ain't seeing Bron on the Twitters. You ain't seeing Bron in my DMs. It's unbelievable. It's deeply. It's disturbing to like. It's disturbing to me. It's sad. You need help, man. And I don't know where your friends, your family, why is no one stepping in? He cried when he won the MVP and, you know, had that speech about his mom. Dude, where are you at, mom? Come on. This is where your mom comes in. She says, son, put down the phone. I just can't wait for Kevin Durant to respond to you on Twitter and be like, stop talking about my mom. Like, dude, you watch the dirty sports? I watch it all. I just see Kevin Durant in that room that uh, Batman has in the Dark Knight. He's he's just doing the uh, he's just doing the Morgan Freeman where there's like a million screens. And it's just him watching all of media simultaneously, waiting for somebody to say his name. It's there. Somebody in Hong Kong is talking about. It. He's like, gotta go. I mean, his beef list at this point. Long and distinguished. Like my Johnson. I let you have that, Andy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I just I just don't I just don't understand it, man. I I don't know why none of his teammates are getting involved. Like, why why is nobody saying to him, dude? Well, first of all, Kyrie just get off Twitter. Kyrie's on a pilgrimage because somebody called him bro, and you know, James Harden's just like, man, I'm just trying to get healthy and not eat. Like I'm not. I'm trying not to gain seventy pounds while I'm on the IR. Steve Nash is like probably skateboarding around Brooklyn, trying to like you know land a kickflip. And Mike D'Antoni's in a padded room, just screaming. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just—it's so bizarre. If I could, this is no joke. And listen, I know I'm a stan. I know I've been a stan for years, but like. At this point, if I could talk to one person in sports, like an unauthorized, like nothing's nothing leaves this room, 
I'd want to meet Mike D'Antoni in like the back room of a Brooklyn Italian restaurant and be like, yo, spill it. And just like, I want to know what he has to say about Kyrie, KD, Harden, the whole, the whole thing. Like his mind must, he must be wanting to fucking lose it. Kevin Durant can't get off of Twitter. I think it's a drug for him. That's the equivalent. He can't stop. He can't put it down because most people could easily just say, fuck this. I'm out. I'm going off for a while. I'm going silent or I'm deleting my account. I know it's unhealthy. I mean, I mean, you want, you want to hear something crazy to put things in perspective. Chrissy Teigen knew Twitter was too unhealthy for her and she got off. Chrissy Teigen has the wherewithal better than Kevin Durant. There's your perspective. She even knew, hey, maybe I don't need this. I'm out. Kevin Durant's like, no, man, I need that fix. I need it. Literally one guy seven, six years ago now put a snake emoji on the internet and Kevin Durant's like, this is my life's work from here on out. If I ever see a snake emoji in reference to me or anyone ever again, you will get a reply. It's is 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 our is that what our show needs? Do we need a Kevin Durant beef at this point? I think you should start a Twitter beef with Kevin Durant. You're not on Twitter enough anymore. You have the clout. You have multiple accounts to retweet it from. I need a Andy Ruth or Kevin Durant Twitter beef. I don't want to start a beef with them. I actually feel I have I have I have empathy for the guy. I don't care like, what you have empathy for. I'm just thinking about the show. Okay, we need views. We need listens. Andy Ruther, Kevin Durant, Twitter beef. Let's go. Maybe well, that, could, I, maybe that I, could be the part of your beef is like telling him to get off the internet until he finally responds. Like, don't tell me what to do. Like, where are your people? I just don't get it, man. They're obvi- he obviously doesn't listen to them. Obviously, somebody like he has an agent who said, stop this. And he's been like, fuck you, bro. 100%. I don't know a single person who has a problem with like, again, I would, I would have put Chrissy Teigen in that wheelhouse. Like she would have been the, the compliment, like, you know, the compliment as far as like, as far as in that wheelhouse. And then she, she was gone. She's like, I'm done. I've tapped out. When they do road trips, is he just sitting in front of his phone when they're on the planes, when they're driving to the stadium? He has 25,000 tweets. Yeah. I mean, here, let me, let me just tell you where we're at here. Now I deleted some tweets. I have 3000 tweets. I probably deleted, let's call it half. I think it's probably safe. Let's go look at more now. Let's say, let's say I have 7,000 tweets ever. My girlfriend goes, you are on your phone all the time. Imagine being on your phone four times as much as I'm on my phone. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. And the phones are just so bad for all of us. Is there any player in NBA history better than Kevin Durant? with more tweets there can't be 
Not even close. Not even close. I mean, the next, the next, we we got to find the next best player with as many tweets as Kevin Durant. I don't even know who that would be because he's so goddamn good. That's why this whole thing is so. It's it's almost like a whole study needs to be done on him because of how good he is as a player. Man, how many how many DSPN documentaries can we have? We've we've already got Justice for the wide receiver series. Now we have to do an in depth breakdown of Kevin Durant's ad- social media addiction. Again, it's a drug addiction. I mean, clearly. Just put down the phone, man. They're one game out of first. You'll be happier. They're one game out of first. Kevin Durant's back. You know, I now root against them. Obviously, I'm a Knicks fan, so I root against Brooklyn. But, like, I I mean, I don't remember if if you remember, but I even said, like, I was like, is it okay if I kind of low-key root for Brooklyn? Because I like, obviously, I like their coaching staff. I like their style. I like Harden. I like the game of Kevin Durant. But at this point now, in addition to just, you know, not wanting to see the other New York team do well, I'm rooting against them because I want to see the meltdown. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to storm into, you know, a first take. I'm waiting for him to, like, come down the stairs of Walt's house into the basement and be like, are you talking about me? And he's like, holy shit, Kevin Durant's in my basement. (laughs) He just goes full Jay and Silent Bob at the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Hello. Are you at Andy Ruther on Twitter? Yeah. Did you say Kevin Durant sucks all the dicks? (laughs) He won't because that's not his personality. Right. He's a quiet dude. He's a low key dude. Well, he did. He did try to fight Michael Rappaport, but he didn't. Again, that was all just right. DMs. Well, for the record, Kevin Durant. You know, we've talked about you a lot. I'm in New York. I'm at Sixth Avenue and Thirty Second Street. So pull up, pull up, Kevin. I don't want to even fight with you. I just want to talk to you, buddy. I just want you to pull up, just because I want to be like, dude, he did. He pulled up. <laughs> I stayed inside, but he pulled up. I, I just, I just want to like. I don't know. He he needs to be fixed. He really does. Um, that is our latest in Kevin Durant's Twitter discussion. Because I'm sure we're going to be doing this again next week and the week after that and the week after that. Just put down your phone, man. Just do it. Put down your phone unless you're calling our hotline. 310-359-8365. Dairy Sports Hotline. Let's hear from those listeners before we do that, I want to make a quick announcement. And Dirtballs, we call you guys the Dirtball fam. The family is very important, Joe. It's very important for us. The Dirtball fam, our own fam. And uh, that brings me to Mother's Day, which is right around the corner, May 9th, less than a month away. Guys, get your mother a good gift. This is something that's important to me. It should be important to you. Get your mother a good gift, and I have a great gift option for you with our friends at Pandora. You should go get your mom. Go get your mom a nice necklace, bracelet. Maybe get a heart 
That'd be that'd be a good gift, Joe. I know. A great gift. I uh, this is a true story. I one of the best gifts I ever got my mom was a heart necklace, and, and that obviously means a lot more to me now that she's passed. But guys, it's something you'll never forget. It really is, and it's it's really important, and it's something you'll cherish. And we have a great deal with our friends at Pandora. So thank the mom in your life for always being there with a sparkling gift from Pandora Jewelry. Go to pandora.net forward slash dirty to start shopping or find a store near you. That's pandora.net forward slash dirty. And uh, they have so many great options. Charms, rings, earrings, necklaces. I think this is a gift that your mom will love. She'll appreciate forever. So really take advantage of these great options at pandora.net forward slash dirty before Mother's Day, which is May 9th. So uh, you'll thank us. You'll thank us, Dirtballs. We're helping you out. And put down your phone. You're hanging out with your mother. I'm talking to you, Kevin Durant. She's a real MVP, Kevin Durant. If your mom's a real MVP, get her Pandora necklace. Yeah, Kevin Durant really cared about his mom. He'd get her a Pandora necklace. I agree. Totally agree, Joe. Okay. The Dirtball fam. Let's see what we got going on. We got a lot of calls today. Great. Can't wait to see where we start. Where do we start? Oh, you know, we'll, we'll do this one real quick. He, he had two calls. One was about our top five rappers, which you and I have done a million times. We're not going to redo. I feel but like we have done it numerous times, right? We have. Yeah. But Nick Yardley followed up. You know, he's definitely drunk. These are five and five oh six a.m. calls. Love, love Nick Yardley though. Our boy down in Amarillo. Of course, he's still in Amarillo. He is, so, I think. Yeah, I think he's what a, still. What a fantastic weekend we had down there, huh? Yeah, I'd like to go back. So he had a follow up call. Yo, Charlie again. One more thing. Yo, Ruther, if you could uh, square up with one person, would it be Taylor Swift? And how come? With no repercussions, <laughs> would you square up with her? <laughs> He's unbelievable. He goes, <laughs> peace. You know, that's a shout out to uh, what he said when we were down there. Remember that? There's two dudes were going to fight in the street and he goes, square up. Oh, yeah. And, and we couldn't stop laughing that he said, square up. I just like the end. He goes, <laughs> peace. <laughs> would I square up? Would I? No repercussions with Taylor Swift? No. I'm not a violent person, man. I'm not trying to I'm trying to punch anybody. You're worried about Taylor Swift redenting you. Taylor Swift. She's <laughs> like, I'm gonna put you in the ground real swift. Get over here, old dent boy. Going from behind the ear. No, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to fight anybody. I mean, do I think she's got issues? Yeah. It's too early in the morning for me to go off on her, but uh, I'm not trying to punch her. I'm not trying to fight anybody. That's not, that's, that's, that's not my, uh, you'll be my... happy to know Andy. I did a Taylor Swift joke in my act last night with my girlfriend in the crowd. And it, it, it got close to basically making the show come apart. Like there was a moment there where it was like, she was the, uh, you know, the meme of the lady and the cat screaming at each other. I was her at a table. She was like, Oh, like you're at my show. Can you, You're can my you, girlfriend. Relax. Can you share your joke? 
No, I can't okay. because uh, I want people to come see it. And it's and it's brand new. Was it inspired by me by any chance? No, it was tagged. Know. It was it was a it was actually just a tag of another joke. But it was gotcha. You know what? It was it was low key inspired by the fact that she flipped out over that over the joke that was made about her. It's like in the same vein of that, but specifically to you know be like, oh oh, this kind of thing bothers you. Let's do it a lot. You know who should date. Kevin Durant. Yes. Yeah, 100%. We got a match made in heaven. Kevin Durant, yeah. Taylor Swift. All right, Prana, this calls for you. Oh, boy. Here we go. What's going on, Dirty Sports? It's Stolze from Cincinnati. Um, I'm just getting, I'm just now getting done listening to Monday's episode on Tuesday night. And I saw multiple people talk about the uh, Jacob DeGrom situation. I mean, it, it's not a joke anymore. Like, this is. We are in, like, DEFCON 5 of we need to get Jacob DeGrom some wins. And I can't help but think that if it was anybody but Prano's team, Prano would be screaming free Jacob DeGrom from the rooftops. And as a Cincinnati fan who thinks Luis Castillo is pretty overrated because anybody who needs to be in warm weather to throw a fucking changeup, I just don't think you're that good at that point. So... I'm willing to start the campaign of free Jacob DeGrom because, holy shit, that guy needs some help. He, I mean, he, he literally – is he the best pitcher we've seen in our, in, the, in our generation? I mean, I'm 26, so is he the best pitcher I've seen in my lifetime? Let me know what you guys think. Stay dirty, boys. Well, first of all, I'm on the free Jacob DeGrom campaign. I tweeted free Jacob DeGrom the other day. He's on my team. And I, I actually think that uh, it's going to make me a more passionate free Jacob DeGromer if this keeps happening to him because the Mets, it, you know, it's, it's wild. But listen, here's my hope right now. The Mets have been playing inspired baseball since they last let down Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is supposed to pitch today, the, the day Jackie Robinson game that I'm supposed to go to. If it's I'm looking outside, it looks like it's rainy, but hopefully it's not canceled. They have been playing inspired baseball since the last time they let down Jacob DeGrom. I'm hoping that this new era of Mets, that they, like they're like, we're nipping this in the bud to start the year. We're not doing this to Jake. But on the other hand, I am already on the free Jacob DeGrom campaign because the Mets are playing pretty good. Jacob DeGrom's playing great. Jacob DeGrom's incredible. The, the thought of Jacob DeGrom in a not Mets uniform makes me as sad as I've been about anything in a long time. But at the same time, we don't win games when Jacob DeGrom pitches. Like, it's kind of awful at this point. Like, it's, it's doubly painful because not only do you get to watch your guy be awesome. You also know your team's going to lose every single time. I almost want Jacob DeGrom to be freed for Jacob DeGrom and for the Mets because for some reason, the Mets bats are incompetent when Jacob DeGrom pitches. I feel like they just put so much pressure on themselves to score for Jacob DeGrom that they can't do it. Like I just need, I almost need Jacob DeGrom to be freed for like just a trading deadline, like trade him at the deadline and then like reacquire him next year. Be like, you don't know what you got till it's gone. 
I'm on the Stolze. I'm on the free. Go to my Twitter. I'm on the free Jacob DeGrom campaign. Now, the discussion of pitcher in our lifetime is interesting. Now, for you and I, it's different. We're older. Yeah. For you and I, it's different for sure. We're definitely older. I mean, Greg Maddox is going to be hard to top in my lifetime so far, especially for the length of time he did it and how well he did it. Um, But Kershaw's been insane. Kershaw's the pitcher of this generation. But where do you put Randy Johnson? Randy Johnson's up there for sure in, in my lifetime, but he's not, he's not Maddox level consistency and dominance, but he's up there, especially, yeah. especially being a guy who, who, who Randy Johnson is the first pitcher I can recall that started being used the way that they use a modern ace where you're going like, we're going to rush our way to him in the playoffs. We're going to use him out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Like every time we can give Randy Johnson the ball, we're going to give him the ball. Um, he was insane. He was incredible. He's definitely up there as one of the great pitchers of my lifetime. Speaking of this current modern sort of era, like the guys that are up there, Verlander, Kershaw, um, you know, you, you definitely have the, the Scherzers, but like, I think at this point, you know, DeGrom's in my opinion, almost past the Scherzers at this point. Um, I think Kershaw has been doing it so long. He's the same age as DeGrom. That's the crazy part about Kershaw. They're basically the same age. But DeGrom is getting significantly better as we go along. And Kershaw's been pitching a long time and uh, and is, you know, starting to show signs of where. But, like, the DeGrom's, like, all-time greatness is going to be affected by how late he came up. He transitioned out of being a shortstop. How late he, like, hit the scene. But in terms of a peak, he was dominant last year in a shortened season. He had one bad start that essentially cost him his third straight Cy Young. He's back at it. I mean, if you do three and four years with a Mickey Mouse season in between that you didn't win it, like it's going to be tough to argue with that dominance in our sort of modern era. Yeah. So last episode, I was talking about crazy things I think about. We got, we got some calls on this. Correct. On like, you know, the snake coming out of the toilet or sharks in the pool or jumping off the, driving off the bridge. So, so I'm going to play. Just a lot a, of people sh- slid into my DMs and said they were worried about you, by the way. That's, that's, that, I find that interesting. Like, like, what does that mean? I mean, I, I, I you know, the, the, the the um repetitive sentiment was like how you kind of went blank and then started talking about thinking about driving off a bridge. Like, is Andy okay? Do we need to, do we no. need to like do, do you know do we need to start sending like gift baskets to no, Cincinnati no. and tell him he's loved and yeah, no, no, I I, I feel I, I know I'm loved. I, I it's it's uh by the way, that's those thoughts have always well, there's a term for it, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna play this the first okay. one, which which identifies the term for it. Hey guys, it's Matt. You're Anderson, Ohio, Dirtball. Uh Bruce, I'm calling just to say I appreciate your honesty on how sometimes you think about 
driving your car off the bridge. Uh, I think those are called intrusive thoughts, but uh, it's okay. You're not alone. I also have intrusive thoughts, but they're not always about hurting myself. I guess they're about hurting others sometimes, you know, driving down the road and you see a family, maybe a baby in a stroller. Sometimes I just think, like, this I just veered off the curb, up into the curb and ran them over, just kept driving. But they're just intrusive thoughts, so it never actually happens, so it's okay. And I uh, wanted to give a shout-out to Prano. Uh, you helped me get into golf, so I appreciate that. Big shout-out. Thank you. Stay dirty. By the way, he's, he's real local. That's right where I live, Anderson's. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've messaged with him on uh, on on Twitter on uh, Instagram, I think, about getting into golf and being in Cincinnati. I was like, sounds like you and Ruther need to hit the links. Yeah. So so that's the term because I saw that on Reddit and on YouTube. Intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for the record, it doesn't mean. Did you ever did you ever just hear that Bill Burr bit on this Mm-mm. that he did probably. I don't know. It might have been 10 years ago in a special. I actually saw him work it out for the first time when I, it's funny, when I moved to LA, I think this is right. I was doing a spot at the belly room at the comedy store. And then he popped up on one of those like weekday 7 PM shows where there's like five people in the audience and he was working on this bit. And the Bill Burr bit is it's kind of similar is he's saying, you know, you ever, you're driving in your car and you're, you're, you're showing his hand on the wheel and you're thinking, I'm just a normal guy, a normal guy. But if I just slightly, and again, I'm paraphrasing for everybody. If I slightly move my wheel to the right and just mowed down all these people on the sidewalk, suddenly I'm on the cover of Time Magazine. Everybody knows from normal guy, normal guy. Boom, just slightly to the right. It's very similar to that Bill Burr bit. And, and I think that's what I was saying. It's, it's not that I want to, it's the thoughts. I was just sharing sometimes crazy thoughts that go into my head doesn't mean I'm going to do them like we well, all I think I think I think the you know the interesting thing about this call is it's made me realize that I think I have these intrusive thoughts but I think they all happen in my backswing and that's why I can't fucking hit a golf ball straight because all my intrusive thoughts happen during my takeaway when I go like what if I kill myself and then it's oh fuck <laughs> fucking shanked it again Get a good hip turn to really turn away. Keep that leg straight. And have you thought about ODing? Oh, fuck. I mean, the mind can go places. I think that's the only thing I'm trying to say is like the mind can go crazy. Again, there's a difference on acting on. And that's why I love. I'm going to have to pull that up and watch that this week. That Bill Burr bit as far as it's what Matt's talking about as far as like mowing. The same thing, mowing down the sidewalk. Now, he was very specific about a baby in a stroller. Look, we're all a little crazy. It's just we you can't act on it. Here's another uh here's another one. Speaking of uh my weird thoughts. Hi guys. Uh I don't have the fear of a snake coming out of the toilet while I'm booping and going into my butt, but I do have I have had the fear for a very long time of a spider going up and from under the uh, the lid, the toilet lid, going into my butt and laying eggs, and oh, eventually God. I just poop out a big herd of spiders, and it's just this awful nightmare. 
Um, yeah, that is that is my longtime fear. Stay dirty. So his fear is the, the spider going into the anus, laying I, eggs. I, I feel like Bill Simmons right now, and these are our listeners. <laughs> like <laughs> the amount of people that you have triggered into calling our show and being like, "Listen, uh, you know Andy's thing about <laughs> having deadly issues around every corner really spoke to me." <laughs> Sometimes when I'm listening to your podcast, I worry about snakes coming out of the headphones that I listen on and infiltrating my brain <laughs> and my, my brain turning into a pit of snakes, like Indiana Jones falls into <laughs> like the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs> spiders pooping up your butt and uh, going up your butt as you poop and laying eggs. Yeah. I think they would. I don't Is what? This a John Goodman movie from the eighties. It was a good one. Arachnophobia. That was a good yeah. one. Jeff I've Daniels. Never, I've, I've never watched it because you never uh, watched it. No, because I fucking hate spiders. Well, well, yeah. it's it, it's good, and I've seen clips. John Goodman's like I've, the. I've uh, never watched it start to finish. It, it's a sci-fi, but he but there's so much comedy with with his character. He's the yeah. pest control guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's one of would, those movies that I always saw. Like it, it was on. You know what I mean? You catch it, but. Those days are gone, man. What a great golden era of television we lived in when we were young. Where like channels, there was a million channels, and you just but you just click around. Remember before the guide, it was just a different world before the guide. Yeah, before the guide, you just had to like look and see what was on. Do you remember the long cable cord with the box and the buttons? No, why we honestly when we got cable in my house super late okay like like i i want to say we i bet you did we didn't get cable until 90 like early 90s oh wow yeah you had it late yeah i lived on a dirt road yeah we always had cable like it was a giant long cord connected to this box like the box was like this big and, and there was like three you had all like all these different buttons because I got in big trouble when I was like five or six. Uh, rest in peace, Mrs. Uh, Shimber, my, my babysitter, older woman. She wanted to watch the news and preschool Andy was not having it. I mean, this thing was big. I whipped the cable box at her. Jesus. Like violently. No, you didn't talk yourself out of those intrusive <laughs> thoughts, huh? Like, what if I bludge on our babysitter to death with a cable box? Dude, I was such a little shit. I was, I was, I was like my work. Like my, my brothers always joke. Andy reached his height, his peak height of toughness, like kindergarten. Like that was me. Like I was such a little shit at those ages, like locking babysitters out of the house and like giving them the middle finger, like young, like you're not getting in here. Like fights. We used to beat the shit out of each other at recess. Teachers were terrible. One kid, one kid down the street brought a pocket knife to school. We threatened to use it on somebody. It's kindergarten. Pull up. <laughs> Talking shit about me. Anyway, uh, where are we at? Let's let's do a sports call. Seems appropriate. <laughs> hey guys, this is Brent calling top five LA Jerpaw. 
currently on a road trip going to the Santa Cruz Mountains, so if I cut out, I apologize for that. But I was watching a, uh, a giant Padres baseball game last week, and after the Padres won, to celebrate, they started doing that thing in the stadium where they flick the lights, with the stadium lights on and off, creating that strobe effect. I just think that's by far the most hack, bush league, lame thing you can do to create like a weird false sense of excitement in the stadium that your fans can't do themselves. And that's definitely a trend I'm seeing more and more in sports. I know just the pop of my head, the Packers do that when they score a touchdown, just flick the lights in the entire stadium. I think it's, it gets me unreasonably upset. I think it's just so lame, such a weird trend to do every time your team does something, anything successful. So it got me thinking to hear your guys' thoughts on what are your least favorite stadium trends. And to give some more context, this is things like the Atlanta Braves chop because they do after every single pitch, or the wave, or them playing in NBA games, playing music during the Okay, well, we start to lose him here, so I'll cut it off. But uh, when he really you get, got you, into the mountains. Yeah, you get what he's asking. Yes. Um, I got to say, I, I tend to agree with him. And mine is, it's the easiest thing ever, fireworks. Like, the idea that we set off fireworks when, like, a run scored or fireworks when there's a win or fire, like, I remember when fireworks were, like, 4th of July and, like, you if you, you set off fireworks and you win the championship. Like, I'm fine, you know, if a baseball team's got fireworks R- ready. Really? Yeah. No, but I'm saying really like like I can remember always growing up. At least in my memory, the Reds have always done fireworks after a home run or a win. Yeah, I think it's fucking lame. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my number one thing. I think fireworks. I hate fireworks for for like minor celebrations. I think set off fireworks <laughs> when you win the championship. Now, listen, I'm a Mets fan. We put up an apple out of a fucking hat after a home run. But I, I actually think that like having your specific thing that your team does that, you know, the, the, the brewer sliding down the slide, the apple, the train in Houston, whatever, like I'm into that. Like I'm into like making it your own. Um, I hate fireworks. You, you know, I you know it. why I think they're good and I'm not a big firework guy in general. I think they're good for the kids. You know, it's better for the kids An apple coming out of a hat. Sure, that's very specific, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, make like have one of those. Every team have your own. Do your thing, you know. So like the Reds will shoot out. They have they have like, you know, since the river they have a riverboat like the the I forget what it's called, small stacks or whatever. It is. That'll shoot out like steam. Yeah, see that's hit, cool when they hit a home run. Um, but they also do fireworks with it. I don't know. I I, I, mean, I just the think, cannon. You know the cannon and. Uh, Tampa Bay when they score a touchdown a similar vibe but at least they're fucking firing a cannon from a pirate ship I think the scoring a touchdown or hitting a home run fireworks is my least favorite celebration and my favorites are like when a team has a they're going their home run like they have a specific thing but also what I really like and this uh, you know props to the Dodgers when the Dodgers win and they play I love LA it's awesome yeah. When the Mets win and they play back in the New York groove, it's awesome. When the Yankees win and they play New York, New York, it's awesome. Like, I love the idea that, like, when your baseball team wins, or I think that, you, you know, it should cross sports. I think every city should have their thing. L.A. has 
done a great job of taking that kind of across sports. Yeah. But like having like be like drop the song when your team wins, I think is dope. I was surprised when I went to the Reds game last week. They did the kiss count. Wow. And like people were removing their that's masks. How you know, that's how you know we're wrapping up this. Oh, I agree. And it was funny too, because obviously then you show people and they're wearing masks. And and I'm also like, you're you're doing a lot of assumptions here. Like, like that could be somebody's the elbow pound cam. <laughs> But yeah, like I, it, it was just, it was interesting. I like the kiss cam for the record. I, I've liked that one. That's fun. The wave is lame. Oh yeah. Ban we, the wave. We, we've discussed that forever. Yeah, ban the wave. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, speaking of this, Andy, since you said, I just want, I don't know what it was about that conversation that made me riot, but I just want you to know your clip of uh, you on Steve Harvey is viral on TikTok. What are you talking about? Somebody tagged me in a post that is a clip from the Steve Harvey show where you make your terrible <laughs> pickup line and it's viral on TikTok. M- yeah, I mean, million, millions have seen it. No, you're not. No, I swear to God. You want me to check how many views it has right now? Somebody w- somebody put like in my comments, like at Andy Ruther or like at Joe Prano. And I was like, oh, Andy. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. Let's go. Let's go to this. One point four million. What's the clip? It's the clip of it's it's three it's three guys giving their pickup lines, and you're the last one. What's the premise of the TikTok though? Like the caption? I, oh, it's like a, it's like a, it's also it's a duet. So like it's literally a dude. The top half is the clip, and the bottom half is this black dude like watching it. He doesn't even say anything. He's just like watching it. You know what's funny about that is they probably don't know that I was purposely trying to be hack and like. You you know what that day taught me? I enjoy getting booed and like. You know, the wrestlers, they always say, would you rather have the crowd cheer you or boo you? I enjoyed an entire studio live TV audience, like, like thumbs down. Like, I enjoyed that. Which is great for my comedy career because I've been booed a lot. Um, Okay, we have time for one more call. This is for you you as well. Oh, boy. Here we go. Another one. Hey, Ruther. Hey, Prano. This is number one, uh, Wisconsin Dirtball Nathan giving you a call because Prano, I just, I'm listening to the podcast and Prano mentioned, or Ruther mentioned Swingman 9. And I just, there, ha- I think you guys have to make a shrine or like you have to keep a running list and, 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 and pin it up or nail it up on a wall somewhere in your apartment or your house, Ruther, of all of the, vendettas that Prano has against these random troll Twitter accounts. It's just so fucking hilarious to me to hear him rant and rave about these Twitter trolls that he remembers the usernames of. All right, stay brave. Stay your dirty boys. I like the idea of assembling them. Like, I I can start a Google Doc. Like, who? Well, I do. I you know, there's already a list. There's all there's a list. If you look at who Maddie Goldberg follows on Twitter, it's literally every person that's ever trolled me. Maddie Goldberg 
I'm pretty sure at this point, I've just started to figure this out recently. I think he's pulling the strings of all of my trolls. <laughs> what? Yeah. I think Maddie is the Dr. Evil that is behind all my trolls. Now, when somebody trolls me and I look them up, they'll be like followed by Maddie Goldberg. I'm like, how does Maddie Goldberg follow every single person that trolls me? Are they all Maddie Goldberg burner accounts? Give me a couple of the all time. I mean, we have Swingman Nine. Swingman Nine uh, was our was one who, of our Jacksonville. Who's the Atlanta kid? Oh, 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 yeah. There was an Atlanta kid about the Hawks. Jonathan Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> I remember too. <laughs> Jonathan Cohen something. Jonathan Cohen 04 or something like that. He his real his beef yeah, well, with me was, what was that his take. Um, the uh, the Atlanta Hawks at the time, like my disrespect for the Atlanta Hawks and how is, is that when they had the one seed? Yeah, they were the one seed. Budenholzer they, is the greatest coach in NBA history. They'll win a championship uh, before you know the Knicks. The Braves will win a championship before the Mets. Um, you know he's Mister Atlanta, and and. I think I think they lost in like the first round or something. Or the second, and, and and the Cavs took care of business. Yeah, LeBron has no chance against this. Budenholzer led. Kyle Korver was Josh Smith in that team. Yep, Kyle Korver, Josh Smith, all those guys. I mean, this I, there's never been a bigger Atlanta Hawks. Like he was just like, I, I I believe at one point Jonathan Cohen. This is great. Oh four, I believe it was. He was. He he literally said like Budenholzer is responsible for the Spurs dynasty. Like that Pop is not a good coach. This was all him. He's the greatest coach in the NBA. He's going to lead this Hawks team to a dynasty. Also, the Mets suck and the Braves. So that was our Braves guy. There's an Atlanta guy. Tons of Boston guys over the years. Um my favorite about the Boston guys is they'll always have the, I, I, Texas, it's like Tom Brady goat, like Texas boy, 35, Texas boy, 35. And our boy Boggs were the Texans guys that were just like, couldn't handle. Like that was when I was on my bill. O'Brien as a piece of shit phase. What's amazing is how many of these things have played. I was like, what happened to the Budenholzer Hawks? What happened to bill O'Brien and the Texans? How did the Jacksonville Jaguars dynasty fare? Like, it's guys coming at me being like, you're a fucking clown. Like all of them came through. They're all fucking, they're all not good. Well, Hey, Boggs gave me that is amazing. Chris Sabo Rex Bex. Well, you know, Boggs, I, me and Boggs are cool. That's that's a, that was a, you and Boggs issue. That wasn't a me and Boggs issue. That was a me and fucking Bill O'Brien issue that he flipped out about. It's like, bro, I'm trying Bill to. Bill Bryant fucking sucks. I'm trying to think who else. Who was the guy who owes Texas still owes, Boy 35? Was, who owes us a thousand? What's the guy who owes us a thousand dollars? Oh, Mac. Mac. He wasn't. I, he never trolled me. He's just a guy who owes us a thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, he didn't troll us. It was just a bet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, listen. Every once in a while, things pop up, and what's funny is, uh, Wingman Nine is my favorite. What's funny is like every once in a while. I'm reminded of something like our, where's our boy, Joe Deshaux legend. Remember his, his, why beef. dude, I saw, why are you going at it? Why are you? Cause going every at once it? in a while I'm reminded every time I look at the standings and the warriors are like 10th, I'm reminded that one of our trolls 
was like, Steph Curry's the greatest player in NBA history. He's going to whatever. And I love it because all of these things, it's once again, he's like, LeBron should stay in the Mickey Mouse East. He comes here to the West. Meanwhile, Steph can't make the playoffs and LeBron already has a championship in the West. <laughs> it's, like, it's amazing. All of my trolls are because I just say really common sense shit about sports and they cannot handle it. I am sure somewhere a troll has been birthed because I said fucking Julian Edelman's 156 best receiver of all time. Somebody's like forever, forever. I'll get fucking Reno. But if you guys want a comprehensive list, go to who Maddie Goldberg follows on Twitter. Those are all my trolls. Maddie Goldberg in the three days he had a podcast, all of his listeners were people who have since turned their back on dirty sports because I said something very factual about their team that they could not handle. I think Maddie just follows everybody. That's Could probably be. the thing. And Matt, Maddie's a follow, follow for follow. If, like, if you follow Maddie and he gives you love, Maddie will follow you back. Maddie's cool about that. I've had tons of Eagles trolls during the, during the years, but it's funny. The, the ones that really stand out to me were the people that like, who, who was that original troll? Like we're talking like 2014. He knew Stanga. Oh, Guzman. Guzman. Good. Call. Wow. Good <laughs> memory. Are him and Joe to show legend, not the same guy. <laughs> they kind of look alike. Guzman. And I forget what his beef was. What was his beef? I think he was a Cowboys fan. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. we're, and, and we'll do things like Cowboys eight and eight forever. And he will be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. That's the thing that that's the most. The thing about the trolls is like, okay, you know, you shit on Boston trolls for, you know, you're like, oh, you guys are racist, whatever, Yankees trolls, whatever. But like the, no one comes with more passion than the people who have like a glimpse of success. And I'm like, don't get caught up in this success, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't for real. And they're like, they're so fucking for real. They're still fucking winning the Super Bowl. And you're like, all right, man, I got to say, I think this is a bad path to go down. I don't think the Mike Budenholzer Hawks are for real. I think this is a sham one seed. It's like, I'll fucking kill you, you piece of shit. I'm like, okay, I guess Jonathan Cohen 04. Yeah, sports can bring out the really bad people. I mean, you know what the other list the, the other way to check out the comprehensive list is I can just go to who I've blocked on Twitter. It takes a lot for me to block somebody. Uh, I'm going to disagree on that. Really? I think, I think you're, you're, you're I go, uh, I go back and forth with people forever. Where's my blocks? Let me see if just, FYI, just, FYI, it's, it's a little past 10. I didn't know you had a hard out for that. It's game. fine. I've blocked okay. Dustonian like on 40 different accounts at this point. <laughs> shout, shout out to Dustonian. I've blocked you know who on 40 different accounts at this point. Um, now I'm just getting into like the blocked people I don't want to see. I'm trying to see if I have just like a jump out as like a real. I don't even remember blocking half of these people. Oh, you remember your boy, Henry Hazel? He was the original Ruther troll. 
Oh, he was a hardcore Ruther troll. He turned on all of us at some point. I forget what it might have been a Boston thing. It, it was a Boston thing. He I thought he had a crush on you or something. And, and then, then why and why did he turn on me? Because I didn't slurp Tom Brady or something. It was it was a it was definitely a Boston sports thing. And then you went off. Okay. Yeah. So that's he a, he was blocked. That's a he's the original Ruther troll. And I was like, Yeah, it seems like a good guy. And then he was like <laughs> He was like, you don't think Dustin Pedroia belongs in the Hall of Fame? Fuck you forever. That guy okay. hated me. He hated me. I mean, the amount of the up oh, Phillies. Remember Kevin Albright? <laughs> the, the, remember Kevin Albright, who was just like, he's been on our show. Penn State. We lost a bet. We we the, the, you lost the, a bet. Remember the Kevin Albright thing? The, the original beef. Again, we were just like, yeah, Penn State. Isn't that isn't that good? And he like demanded Penn State get in the national championship game with like three losses. And we're like, bro, you need to fucking relax. He's like, absolutely not. The Nittany Lions losses are all to teams that are also in the playoffs. There, I know that there's no never been a three-loss team in the national championship game, but it has to be Penn State. They deserve it. And then, like in their bowl game, they got blown out. It's think, always some fan of a I think team. It was two like, losses, but whatever. Uh well, guys, you can follow us on Twitter at the Dirty Sports. You can you can tweet at Joe, troll him at Fix Your Life. Yeah. I see our boy Trink Data in there, Boston guy. It's all just angry sports fans. It's like, bro, I'm sure there's. But there's, you block quicker than me. You do. My message to guys always is like, we're like we can have different opinions on sports and like, if I don't support your team, I have no hatred. Do I hate the Patriots for being a bunch of cheating fucks? Yeah. But like, do I hate the Yankees for being the other team in New York? Yeah. Do I hate the Eagles for being a cesspool of human garbage fan base? Yeah. But otherwise, literally otherwise I have like, there's, I don't hate the Houston Texans. I don't hate the Atlanta Hawks. I don't hate Chicago. Like if you're at home going like praying of fucking like this is the Joe Buck thing. Like I'm not out to get all of your teams. Also, I don't even, I don't even hate, I don't even hate like players on teams. Like I like Julian Edelman. Let's just tap the brakes on him being a hall of famer. Like that doesn't mean I fucking hate the Patriots because I don't think the 156 leading receiver of all time belongs in the hall of fame. On that note, we'll let you get on your merry way down to the uh, ballpark. I think we're getting rained out, which is too bad because it's Jacob DeGrom day and it's Jackie Robinson day. And I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I was really excited, Andy. I know, I know some of my trolls hate my, aggressive woke personality but i was really excited to participate in the jackie robinson day with everything that's been been going on i think that is one thing um that you know brings people together sports uh i know uh what's his name who did the baseball documentary they had him on espn the other night ken burns ken burns is doing like doing a breakout for for jackie robinson everything going on i think watching baseball today and you know bathe yourself in some of the jackie robinson stuff because i think that is uh I mean, it's crazy that that's 
over 50 years ago now and we're still doing some of this nonsense so bathe yourself in some jackie robinson day baseball today i'm gonna hope to do that if the rain clears uh follow me all places you can follow me at joe prano on instagram and every other social media at fix your life on twitter drink some miller lights watch some baseball today yeah and uh do me a favor send me that tiktok link i'm curious to see that video okay even though i don't have tiktok i can still watch it uh yeah that's the show dirt balls we will be back Monday, last show before I am uh, in Los Angeles for a bit. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a Twitter handle or Instagram handle if you want to get that. those two free koozies. All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. We'll see you in a few days. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>